WWE. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk WWE. I'm your host, Sonny Sangera. And as I said on the last episode, which was two weeks ago, um, because of the lockdown and with everything kind of going slow, we were going to go two weeks in between episodes, which is what we did. Um, and I'm joined today by Mr. Lee Baker. How are you doing, Lee? I'm good. Um, obviously, I've been watching some wonderful wrestling recently, so yeah, well, I'm a happy man. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's another one. It's an, I think you know it's a Groundhog Day because Ric Flair's contract has ended, and apparently he's retired yet again. You oh know, my lord! It never ends, right? <laughs> it never ends with Ric Flair and the WWE and his contract ending, but. Um, yeah, today, I mean, again, there's not so much going on, no real big thing with pay-per-view news, um, a couple of changes, but we're mainly just going to go over some of the news stories that are happening off TV within the WWE, and unfortunately, the first piece of news, it's a, it's a, it's a hero, hero's tale that has such an unhappy ending, and that is obviously the news that Shad Gask, Gaspard, who was a member of the Crime Time tag team, uh, passed away saving his son when they were swimming in the sea. Did you obviously you did see and read about everything? It's just a shame, isn't it? It is. Um, I think especially just because of the way. I guess in the first one I had in my head was circumstances because obviously you you can't anticipate what happened to him and obviously his son. But what you can admire and appreciate is obviously what he and has now been voiced on social media is you know what he basically sacrificed which was himself to save his son and you know just because you aren't a mega wrestling you know triple a star or whatever the wrestling family architecture just shows how you know how truly established everybody really is Mm, you know, he always kept in shape. He was always positive. Like he had that same sort of mentality as Titus O'Neil, very family orientated. Did a lot of work um, with the wrestling community. Uh, did a lot of conventions with his uh, tag team partner JTG. Uh, you know, stayed popular. I mean, obviously there was that really popular video that went around after WrestleMania when Kofi Kingston beat Daniel Bryan, and you can see him happily crying. Obviously, that a black man had won the WWE title but again I think that was the big thing it was just to save my son um, as the final line you know before being washed away um, it's such a shame and again as with everybody else obviously all our thoughts and prayers are with his family and friends on that one I mean before we move on from Shad Gaspar do you have a memory from his crime time days I do have one which I'll kick off and it was a, it was a, actually a backstage segment um and the big angle was it was DX versus Vince and Shane and Vince had banned DX from um getting into the arena made sure that they couldn't buy tickets so they were trying to find ticket touts and they found crime time and uh, <laughs> Triple H tried to ask and they were like we don't know what you're talking about and then Sean was like I know Jive 
and then started uh, talking like you know with a hip hop rapper's voice and accent and Crime Time understood him and sold him the tickets and it was just so funny you know and I mean that's the sort of character the tag team Crime Time were that you know they were really popular with Cena as well and it's crazy that they never actually won the tag team titles. Yeah, it was almost kind of. I'm trying to think of a good example of a team or, you know, even wrestlers that necessarily were fantastic or they, you know, their kind of gimmick was fantastic, sorry, but and all that kind of stuff, but they never won the big one. Mm. Um, you say about memories, obviously the key one that I always remember, and I think it's very, you know, everyone's very much aware of it, was obviously the uh, the focus with John Cena and JBL and obviously the gimmick of them trashing the limo and stuff. And that kind of... That did kind of really push them, elevate them. But, yeah, they just, you know, it's that typical horrible thing of sometimes you push Vince too far and obviously, the, you know, your push in the division obviously gets, you know, slandered. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's funny you mentioned Cena. So his family started a, uh, you know, like a, a funding page really to raise £100,000 and it was at 68 or 69000 And then the next... Uh, donator donated the rest of the money, which was like thirty thousand dollars, and only had the name CTC. Um, yeah, Cena hasn't obviously um, said it was him. I don't think he said that it was him, but everybody obviously references that it, you know, it could be him. Um, but yeah, again, I thought some prayers go out to his family and friends, and he was in such good shape. It could have been a comeback, couldn't it? Because there were so many comebacks coming back. And yeah, they could have come back for a short run or something. But... Yeah, I tell you what would have worked. I mean, we've seen what's going on with the Viking Raiders and Street Profits. The gimmick would have worked so much better with Crime Time because it literally would have just been like, "I'm going to outball you. I'm going to outball you." You know, and said, "We've got what we've got at the minute, and it's just awful." Moving on from there, um, Lee, what do you think, if you're the third highest paid athlete in the WWE, what do you think you could buy with your salary? Um, I would probably buy myself a Starbucks Cortado. I would then take said coffee and I would probably buy a decent style SUV and uh, probably a big house and I'd be quite content. Mm. Well, Randy Orton was just chilling for the day really and then he took to instagram to show off his new private jet boasting that he fucked around and bought a plane (laughs) Um, yeah just you know just just rocking that's it he put the hashtag hate but i don't blame you um you know and again for somebody who's been running as long as he has since the early 2000s and obviously with the salary that he's managed to um Obtain, you know, and it will help him because obviously he can fly to each area that he needs to go to. Um, But then he also, the the interesting thing is that he referenced his upcoming match with Edge at Backlash by hashtagging the words greatest wrestling match ever, followed by what a rib. Now, (laughs) is he taking the piss out of the WWE on that one? Um... I think so. I mean, I, you know, obviously you and me haven't talked about this and obviously our listeners have not heard about this as well, but I, I do find it absolutely hilarious. I think it's one it's of just... them where even in their primes, they the best they could realistically do. I mean, the story's there, right? The story is up there 
along in terms of the greatest wrestling matches that actually have been it's up there with the story you know whether it be competing for a title a retirement match something like that ending a streak the story's there but even edge in his prime and randy in his prime to get you you would have to match that Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels timing. You'd have to match the drama of Shawn Michaels almost finishing the streak. You'd have to match uh, the athleticism of Omega and is it Akami? Akada. Uh, Akada. Yeah. yeah, you know, in Japan to be to, to to quantify for that. But I think it's more Paul Heyman's booking because obviously the word wrestling is now being allowed in the vocabulary of superstars on Raw. So I think that's sort of them just kind of saying back, wrestling's back, we're calling it wrestling again, and we're going to have the greatest wrestling match of all time because it could be a real stinker. And you know, at the end of it, Michael Cole, it truly was the greatest wrestling match of all time. And fair play to them. They may pull off a 10 out of 10 or a 5 star. We don't know what they're going to do, but obviously all... Obviously clues point to it not happening but um randy's just having a bit of fun isn't he really and just kind of yeah no pressure <laughs> yeah i've just done this don't worry yeah exactly mm. and uh speaking of obviously one generation moving into a newer generation from the early 2000s to the late 2020s matt riddle Rumours are going Bro. around that he's uh, coming Sorry. up to the blue brand. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I thought he'll say it at some point. But uh. yeah, so the rumour is uh, that Matt Riddle is going to be coming up to SmackDown. And if it wasn't for coronavirus, he would already be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I, I do like, though, actually how NXT is kind of you know, kind of resolving this. Obviously, this will happen as of tonight per you and me recording. Um, you know, it, it's a good kind of send-off. It obviously puts Simi Thatcher in a good light. Obviously, he's already dropped the titles on NXT to the correct, you know, tag team for that kind of uh, focus at the moment with it as well. I I think the, the random bit of all of it is Kurt Angle coming back. It's <laughs> I think it's just little things to stop them from being around... Um, the AE, they they probably just thought AEW's got a peak audience right now with everything going around with Double or Nothing in the first. Well, look at Sting, like yeah. that's the big one, isn't it? And then all with obviously the, the the perception around the wrestling world is that AEW want to create that sort of post Mania Raw with uh, yeah. their show, you know, after Double or yeah. Nothing. So. Maybe they just thought, right, this is one way to stop it from Kurt from turning up because Kurt is <laughs> one of those where you could put him in a decent storyline. But, um, I mean, Raw or SmackDown for you, where would you have put him? Um, I think, do you know what? Actually, I do think SmackDown. Um, yeah, and it's not because of the whole Brock Lesnar side of things. I think Fox see him as an athlete that they can get behind. I don't think Raw... It's, I tell you what it reminds me of, and this is where I wish that you know the two went back to. And you and me have always talked about this, which is Raw was always the kind of the entertainment show. SmackDown was more the sports athletic show. You, you know, you look back right at that SmackDown, right? So <laughs> it's. I think that's the thing with Matt Riddle. He doesn't fit Raw at all. Mm. He just. I just don't see it. I think that's why like AJ's back on SmackDown, obviously because of Roman Reigns, understandably. But you know. I just couldn't see Matt featuring uh, on Raw comparable to Brock. You know, Brock fits both shows. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's one of them as well. The blue aesthetic of SmackDown, for some weird reason, seems to suit... I'm picturing Matt Riddle making his intro and kicking his slippers off, and it doesn't seem to work on Raw. It, works, it seems to nah. work with SmackDown and stuff around him. So, And there's better athletes on there. And the big rumour um, is that his first programme and will be with Corbin. You know, so uh, that's an easy feud win for him on that front. Um, I can tell you how it's going to go, Lee. He's going to come, ridicule Corbin for two weeks in a row, get beat down that third week in a uh, show, and then win the pay-per-view match. That's how it's going to go. But obviously with the pay-per-view and Vince obviously moving around with SummerSlam because he wants fans back. Uh, WWE are planning to actually, they're in the planning process of bringing fans back into the stadium for live shows and the plans are already being made up. Preferably mainly SummerSlam. It can be done. You can't fill the arena, obviously, but if you have an arena that holds 15,000, you could put three or four in there spread out. You know, um, they would create a noise. AEW have done it well over the past few weeks, and you actually saw WWE use it on Raw this past week by having um, trainees standing up all day uh, for taping. <laughs> but um, I mean, what do you think? Are we getting there? I mean, everything's slowly starting to tick back. You know, from an econ- economical standpoint, too early. SummerSlam, or do you think WWE can do it in a way? I think it go it goes back to what I said, didn't I, originally with SummerSlam being the you know, you, you do a beach scene kind of environment and I think you could then bring a selection of fans to the show, um, or have the media at the show that are like dedicated hardcore fans, so like, you know, inside the ropes as an example, or even kind of like YouTubers like Cult Holic that the, they can cover the media side, but also the genuine fans, so you give a good reaction towards it. So, you know, something like that would work really, really well. You know, again, I joked about Bastion the Beach as the, you know, as a silly example, but when you looked at their mm. cosmetics, uh, it it does fit the kind of cut, uh, the current climate of everything that's going on, and you know it's been proven. You just said about with AEW with um, Hammer the wrestlers and the bookers, and you know Vicky Guerrero uh, <laughs> and, and Double Nothing. It, it does it does make it feel more the wrestling that we you know haven't seen in a while. Yeah, um, it is crazy to think that. Mm. Well, again, moving on to the next story. Again, that's what we're doing. We're just going through the news at the moment. Uh, Some positive news for WWE. Fox must be happy. SmackDown's up third week in a row for ratings. My God. (laughs) I mean, it was weird, though, because a lot of things um, you would have thought with a lockdown, ratings for things would have gone up, but ratings for everything went down. And I think a big thing for that was the major sports I think with there being no NFL, no NBA, no NHL, no Premier League football or anything like that, men kind of switch off. Because I know I've switched off. And I know a lot of people said, oh, because there's no football or sport on the TV, I've kind of switched off. And I'm kind of just watching Netflix and things. Yeah. Um, And I think that's kind of happened stateside as well. Because it wasn't just WWE's ratings that were dropping. AEW's ratings dropped. NXT's ratings dropped. You know, programs on normal uh, domestic television dropped. But seems like they've slowly started to rebound a little bit with SmackDown because it's whereas Raw's like a yo-yo at the moment, SmackDown seems to have sustained itself a little bit over the last month, hasn't it? 
I think it's probably because they they're, they're, they're trying to storybook multiple people and not just, you know, the mm. Drew uh, McIntyre story and stuff. And someone made a great analogy the other day of we, we're seeing repetition of a lot of wrestlers. Mm. And I think that's what makes Raw not as appealing compared to SmackDown as a result. It's three um, hours, isn't it? It's a three hours. Yeah. Like, you, we always say that, oh, WWE need to use young... It happens every time, Lee. When WWE do what we want, which is put new faces on the show, we get bored really quick. You know, yeah. they've put new, they've tried to put new stables on, they've tried to put new tag teams on, they've tried to do different segments on Raw, but it's just that extra hour, isn't it? Whereas SmackDown, can be, it, it feels faster. It feels like a really fast, like, you know, two hours, whereas Raw is like a, it's a slog, isn't it? You're like, oh, here we go. Yeah, and I think there is so much wrestling out on, you know, everywhere now. I know it's ironic I say that as, you know, we're in a situation where there clearly isn't, but, you know, for me... I my wrestling routine is what Raw, um, Impact, to so the the way I guess I word it is more from a US time perspective, not a UK time perspective. So Monday Raw, Tuesdays Impact, Wednesdays obviously the double header Sunday. You know that as well as I do for me, um, and then kind of a little quiet period. Then we get SmackDown, and again it goes back to what we've said in the past: New Japan when it's normally around, or Nirvana when it's normally around. Um, and then the kind of independence depending on who's big at the time. And, you know, for me now, it's sometimes I go, right, what's happened? This has happened. Great, I'll focus on this. Otherwise, it's like, oh, do I have to sit through three hours of that same repetition? Mm, definitely. Well, one thing that's going to be interesting to sit through, Lee, Ray's retirement. <laughs> now, oh, my lordy lord. WWE don't want to let him go. From a business standpoint, this is what's happening. WWE don't want to let him go, but WWE are not spending extra money on anything else. Um, so they obviously are not... Similar to obviously what happened with Drew Gulak as well with his contract. They didn't offer him a contract. Apparently he was released and now he signed a new contract because the money was available. The difference is Ray's merchandise sales are massive. WWE... Ray knows this as well. Um, of course he does and he can negotiate a hard deal he's obviously represented by Conan who's a very hard negotiator as well and they now know that they can play AEW because AEW would take Ray in an instant because A he can still do great matches if given the opportunity and the time to but B he's a massive merch seller and he's really big in Mexico so is it and, I, and he's also part of All Out, so that that was the other catalyst. Mm. WWE stopped by him because he did the All Out, uh, the All In show, sorry, um, and then he joined WWE because obviously again they they saw the opportunity again. That's it. Um, I feel like it's an angle though with Seth. I feel like it's supposed to be a raw retirement or something like that, and Seth's just gonna like put him out for a bit if you know what I mean, like attack him and put him out so he can rest up until SummerSlam and then they have a match at SummerSlam, Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. What do you think? Unless it's going to be Rey's son wrestling Seth Rollins. Oh, don't say that to me. You know, <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, you, you, do, you do think about it though, don't you? That's, you know, that's maybe the thing that Rey wanted by son WWE was for his son to carry on and they haven't done it and his contract's coming up. Hmm. No surprise, Vince leaves it to the last minute again. 
Yeah, it's really, really interesting. But again, it's such a crazy time. He's got the money now because of the amount of people that he let go. But we'll have to see what happens with Vince. You know, he just came in that he lost two hundred million on the XFL. So <laughs> yeah, it was, it'll be interesting to see where they go going forward. Um, but obviously, going forwardly with what's on TV at the moment, I'm liking the fact that WWE can sometimes prove me wrong because. On our last episode, I wrongfully ridiculed MVP and why is he here? What is he doing on a <laughs> TV? And lo and behold, they've teamed him up with Bobby Lashley and got him. Don't get me wrong. When he's wrestling, what the hell is he doing here? But when he's got the suit and he's the mouthpiece for Bobby mm. Lashley, it works really, really well. And it's finally the Bobby Lashley we want to see, the dominant guy who just beats everybody. This is what they should have done right from the get-go when he came Dude. back. We spoke about well, it, that he's going to this, dominate this is, the, this is the funny bit about it. So when both Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre joined WWE, they just come off their massive feud at Impact. Yeah. And guess, and guess who was with Bobby Lashley in Impact? <laughs> MVP, everybody. It's crazy. But, I mean, I like the storyline. I hate the fact that it's in an empty crowd, but... I kind of, I don't know, I just feel like I wouldn't have done it yet because you know Drew's not going to drop the belt so quick and you don't want to use Bobby Lashley like that unless you're going to set up some way where it's super close uh, or something happens and then they can go again. But it's got to be something. I would have done it in a way where Drew's just dominant for a few months and then Lashley is the one to take it off him, you know. Um, But... I mean, what's your thoughts on uh, Drew and Lashley and how they're portraying Lashley now? I think how they're portraying Lashley is what you've summed up, didn't you? It's what basically they should have done um, prior, you know, prior to everything happening. You know, he was pardon French shit hot, obviously, with you know his previous work, and they dropped the ball with him. They gave him the gimmick of he loves his sisters and all these different other shenanigans. So. It wouldn't surprise me if, if and the fact that MVP is a booker now, MVP probably put this forward, like himself, and gave evidence and showed this is you know, this is why we should be doing this with this guy and so forth. Mm, definitely. Um, I want to get your opinions on. <laughs> I feel like I say this every month. Nia Jax and the report <laughs> that she's injured. Not another, the same superstar in Kyrie Sane again. <laughs> it, it is getting to a point now, isn't it? Which is, and this is now starting to be heavily uh, picked up on by people. Um, you know, she's becoming a bad worker, or she needs what she should have really stayed in NXT longer. You know, all these different kind of sayings and all these different kind of things to it. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's. It, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because it's like Kyrie saying now has had two instances which were both out of her control. So I feel really sorry for Kyrie. But, you know, you think Nia Jax has injured Bliss and others and Ronda Rousey. You know, like, it's, it's now almost starting to go like Ronda Rousey being truthful with Nia Jax going, no, you are really bad. Hmm. I mean, you know, how would you see it as? Like, I just if, think- you're, if you're a wrestler that's getting pushed... And you get injured by the person you know. Honestly, I would. WWE have created an environment where you have to do what they say, regardless of what WWE try. It's a very toxic place. 
and you can't refuse even if they say you can i would now that aew is on the market now japanese women's wrestling is booming again i would just say i don't want to work with this person find mm. me if you want i'm not bothered i refuse to work with her because she's injured so many people uh it's a joke you know and how hypocritical of her to cuss ronda rousey when um she obviously commented on ronda rousey injuring alexa bliss Yet she's injured Alexa Bliss in the past before. She's injured Alexa Bliss twice, actually. One on the main roster and one, um, I think it was on a house show for NXT or something. I can't remember. I remember reading it somewhere. But she's just, the problem is she's related to The Rock. And WWE will do everything to appease him. You know, yeah. I mean, for all we know, I mean, fair play, she might be good, but his, his daughter might not even know how to do a wrist lock, but she's got a contract. <laughs> yeah. So it's just one of them. It's whatever, whatever they can do to get The Rock to talk about the WWE mainstream is what they will do, you know, and keeping Nia happy. Like, if you watch that documentary um, on NXT, it's on the WWE Network, it's one season long. Um, there's a bit in, there's an episode where they're calling people in and they're either letting them go or giving them a pay rise. They give Apollo Crews a pay rise, deserved. And then they gave Nia Jax a pay rise. I'm like, what the fuck she got a pay rise for? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> what, 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 what does she do? I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, it was um, interesting, and we'll see how it goes on from there. But you know, for somebody who's been injured herself with a serious injury for such a long time, instead of taking modelling pictures uh, and empowering yourself on social media, you should already feel empowered. Learn to wrestle and show it in the ring, and just be safer. I mean, she almost broke Kyrie Sane's neck a few weeks ago when she threw her into the buckle bomb, and you know, cutting her deep. Obviously, everything going on with COVID nineteen is it's just a bit crazy you know it's um, it's daft it's just yeah silliness and lee uh even though it's not i'm gonna give you a 60 second window to talk aew double or nothing because i know you want it oh yes i do ready on your marks let's go oh my god it was amazing um it was a refreshingly well-needed piece of wrestling content i highly recommend that everybody goes watch you had mjf and jungle boy who's going to be the futures of the industry you had um the domination of brian cage's arrival in the uh, ladder match you saw a scramble match that puts wwe's production values to shame with their wrestlemania approach and bearing in mind i really did like aj styles versus taker on that one as well you had john moxley making Brody lee who was former luke harper look so strong cody versus lance archer if you if you want to see uh, a humongous six foot ado basically the kind of take a climb of the ropes and then doing a moonsault afterwards. It's absolutely amazing. It it's is a show. Mike, it's all about Mike Tyson and that match, nothing else. <laughs> but it is, it honestly is a show that you, you know, you do yourself a favor, even just to see the highlights, let alone watch the pay per view. Um, it was just refreshing and it was really well needed. And I guess the key thing, and this relates to WWE, long-term booking works. It uh, just builds story. You're taking a page out of Tony Khan's book. You went 16 seconds over. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you know Tony Tony Khan you know, dropped 10,000 pounds towards Shad's uh, contribution. Yeah, definitely, definitely, well. and yeah, AEW doing everything right, and that's why Lee's talking about it because it puts it in context. WWE feel like 
you know, the plan, we'll talk about it when more of it comes out, um, but obviously the plan that there was a humongous storyline that was supposed to last all through the summer and into SummerSlam that WWE had planned, you know, that involved multiple people, um, which they nixed because there was no crowd in COVID-19, so... Mm. We'll just have to wait and see what they were going to do on that one. But um, before we go, Lee, uh, have you got anything to say to the listeners? Um, I guess, I guess, really, my my key thing is, um, you know, what do you think about Sin's situation? Everyone knows I'm a big Sin fan. Do you think he's definitely done in WWE? Do you feel uh, it's just a you know a, a figuring uh, contract? Legends that happened, yeah, which is that, or you know, do you think he will end up in AEW because you know, TNT was his stomping grounds? You know, he tried WWE, they booked him incorrectly, um, and here we are now. So, that's that's my kind of hot topic, if you will, for the next two weeks. I guess we'll see how all that unfolds. Excellent, listeners. Uh, thank you very much for ris- uh, listening, and again. Similar to the last episode, if something big happens on TV in terms of storylines or out of the world in WWE that isn't obviously an unfortunate passing, then me and Lee will come back within a week and do that episode. If not, then again, it'll be another two weeks before we do another episode. It's just slow TV at the moment, so there's not really much to talk about in terms of major news. I mean, Nia Jax was a news story, so that tells you how slow the news story is. But um, thank you very much for listening this week, and we will be back in two weeks' time. Hopefully we're back next week if something good happens. Thanks for listening.